The landscape of North America's networks is rapidly evolving. New technologies like 5G carry a lot of promise to redefine the way we do business, learn, and connect with one another. But we're not there just yet. From the budget to build, software to secure, and Spectrum to support all use cases regardless of locale, a lot needs to happen before everyone can tap into its fullest potential. Tune in to Nokia today, where we discuss how policymakers, enterprises, and industry leaders are working together to bring today's network capabilities to scale for the future. Hello and welcome everyone to the Nokia Today podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. As many of you are already aware, 5G deployment requires a good deal of labor due to the added infrastructure necessary to make this technology possible. Now to tackle the challenge of building the labor force required to reach our 5G goals, Nokia and SAC Wireless have implemented a program to empower our nation's veterans to join in this process. And joining me on the podcast today is the CEO and president of SAC Wireless, Kerry Shayak. Kerry, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Tyler. Appreciate it. Excellent, excellent. Well, SAC Wireless is a wholly owned, independently operating Nokia company with its headquarters in Chicago, Illinois. SAC offers a complete portfolio of self-performing services to support major network builds, 5G LTE upgrades, and indoor-outdoor small cell and distributed antenna system deployments. SAC stands for Site Acquisition, Architecture, and Engineering, Construction, and Commissioning Integration. So uh, now that we've kind of given you the background on who SAC is, let's talk a little bit more about this program carry. So why is SAC a perfect home for veterans and transitioning military? I think one of the biggest things when you look at veterans, they have the right philosophy, the right mindset, both around processes, following those processes, utilizing tools, and being part of an organization that has the same set of objectives. So they come into our organization and there's so many different avenues, whether it be project managers, construction managers, we've got tower crews. So there's a lot of different facets that they can fit into, either with background that they may have or with no background, depending again on the type of position they're looking for. So for veterans that might come in with, with no background, is, are, are there training type programs? Are there ways to kind of help them kind of learn the skills necessary for these types of positions? No, absolutely. We've got a very strong training department led by Stella Cannon, and it, it covers everything from, you know, if, if, they, if they're into climbing towers and construction and being outdoors, they can start as a Tower Tech 1 and learn all the basics on how to climb the tower safely, how to lift objects up like antennas and all the rest, and progress all the way through to being, you know, a supervisor, a foreman, etc., all the way through there. And even in coming in as a project manager, we have project management training, construction management training, the same thing. So depending what part you want to get into or in the engine room, we have a lot of work that goes on within the engine room that is uh, orientated between, you know, reviews and quality checks, video quality audits that we're doing. So number of different positions. Actually, some of these positions, you have to be trained specifically for it. So we have the training around that, that allows them to be able to get up to speed and do the job. And along with that training, there's the opportunity for advancement, right? People can, you know, begin careers here, get the training and and continue to be promoted within SAC, right? Absolutely. Right now, I believe it's over 30% of our veterans that have come in are in different jobs with promotion. So They've came in, they've demonstrated they have the right aptitude, the right attitude, and they're now in new positions and, and moving along their career. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Kerry, tell me a little bit more about the SAC culture and the model for career development that you have. When you look at our culture, one is one of inclusion, diversity, and I think professionalism. I mean, we're a services-based industry. Our product is our people. It's the services we deliver through them. 
So when you look at our culture, it's, it's about how do we leverage the knowledge that we each bring, whether it be from different jobs, different competitors that we've all come from, and you know even positions within the company. The way we're successful is you get a, a license or, a, or a, a permit to build a site. Doing that effectively then helps a construction team be able to plan it and then bring in the tower crews and construction crews that have then time to come in with the proper knowledge, training, the equipment, material to build those sites effectively. It's a team environment. And there's no, the silos, we've done, uh, I think, an extremely good job of breaking those silos down because it's not effective. So we tend to work as teams. We tend to share the information and include everybody in, in, in making sure that we're successful in front of that customer. Right. So one of the things that that you mentioned earlier that I want to hit on just a little bit more specifically, just to, and ask a question directly related to it, is what roles are available for veterans other than just climbing towers and that sort of thing? Are there other entry points into SAC? No, absolutely. I already mentioned construction managers. We have project managers, project coordinators. There's also people within the engine room, like I said, that do quality checks. We have people doing quality audits. So there's a number of different positions throughout the company. And it basically, you know, just about every position has an entry level position. And from there, there's different levels above that. So getting into one of those positions and then the training associated with that, along with the experience and coaching, allows them to then to, to progress through those different levels or move to other, other uh, roles within the company. So what are your thoughts on the current landscape in telecom and how do you see this affecting 5G deployments? You know, off the top, I mentioned just that this is something where a lot of infrastructure needs to be built for 5G. Um, So is that true? And if so, you know, how does empowering veterans and giving them these opportunities kind of help meet that demand? Well, when you look at 5G over for first off is 5G, it is an enabler that I don't think people fully comprehend how much it's going to impact all of our lives and the way things work in the future. The bandwidth that comes along with it, the availability to, and the low latency availability to use for autonomous cars or, you know, downloading stuff, especially now with COVID-19, it kind of highlights why people need bandwidth. You want to be able to work wherever you are to download what you need, whether it be documents, attend Zoom calls, whatever. So the technology need and, and requirements are there. And I think there'll be more applications written that'll continue to evolve that. But in order to roll that out, there's a significant change and upgrade that has to happen to all of the macro sites across the U.S. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're looking at Verizon, now Sprint and and T-Mobile joining. That in itself is a whole nother challenge because now you're combining networks. So they've got legacy CDMA networks on Sprint. They've got different technology or LTE LTE technology on both. It's how do you put that all together? But to do that takes significant work. You've got to audit all of these sites on both companies understand what's there. They've got to determine which sites they're keeping or upgrading or consolidating. So things have to be taken down, removed, reinstalled. And on all of that, you got to get the proper zoning, leasing, negotiate with the landlords, get the proper permits to build all that. So when you look and apply that against all the different carriers that are all upgrading their network to 5G, the work, like I said, everything from getting the proper zoning, leasing, permitting, negotiating the lease, access to that, but then ordering all the proper material, and then building those sites, the construction is a big part of that. That underpins the whole 5G. And that's what we do. We do everything from end to end from, from the time the customer says, that's what I want on the site. We'll, uh, we'll scope it. We'll figure out what has to go on, get the proper permits, get the proper um, negotiations going on, at least lease access, order all that material. So there's all the logistics of ordering that, getting it, getting it shipped to site, pre-construction it, build the site, integrate it. 
and then hand it over to the customer so they can turn it on in their network. And along that whole chain, there's so many different aspects that apply to, to veterans, to, to people that we're hiring that can come in and help do this and help us get the right people, the skill width, the skill and the bandwidth to, in order to be able to manage the workload that's coming. So when I think about this this program, I think this is just an absolutely incredible thing that, that you've done. What was the genesis for this idea and how did you get the ball rolling on creating this program for veterans? It actually started three years ago. And the reason it started, one was trying to get qualified people to come in and, and maybe a qualified is the wrong word, but come in with the right attitude and aptitude that they wanted to learn, they wanted to be part of something, and they wanted to get their get their hands on it and, and start building their own type of careers. We have to look at all the different avenues. And what we found was bringing veterans in, like I said earlier, um, earlier in, the, in this discussion, they come in with the right attitude. And a lot of them have very solid experience, especially around organization and processes. So very quickly, we realized that they were, they were adapting, they were contributing, and they were melding nice into the organization and bringing that, that skill set, that aptitude with them. And once we realized that and it, how successful it was, we continued to build on that, including Wireless for Warriors and, and learning the alliance that, we, that we're aligned with. We attend a lot of the job fairs where a lot of the veterans are to really focus at trying to bring them on board. So, Kerry, where can our listeners get more information on SAC Wireless and also the available positions that you have? Well, you can start with our LinkedIn. There's SAC, SACs in there. Also, SAC Career Site, Job Site. And we also have SACW.com that you can get on in all those cases. We list off the jobs that we've got and all the proper contacts. Excellent. Well, uh, this is, uh, like I mentioned, an incredible thing that you're doing and, uh, you know, just a, a wonderful way to uh, to honor our veterans, to give them these opportunities and uh, to have these jobs that, that are available. And so, Kerry, uh, it's been a pleasure getting to learn a little bit more about this today. Kerry Shayak, he is the uh, president and CEO of SAC Wireless. Kerry, thank you so much for joining me here on the Nokia Today podcast. Thank you for your time, Tyler. 